Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we'll continue our ongoing theme for this season of our show titled, Your Psychic Communication, but we'll explore how it's a lot more than what you say. Probably one of the things that most of us who are considered to be more psychic than the average person does that may be a little different than the average person is that we don't just listen to what someone is saying verbally when we relate to people. We listen, we watch, we feel, we sense, and we know more as the sole person that we are. That's essentially what being psychic means living as the bigger soul person rather than as a seemingly separate body person. To varying degrees, a person who is more aware of his or her psychic awareness pays more attention to more of the communication that another person is giving at any given time beyond what that person is saying out loud or what they're writing. We're not dependent only on each other's speech, writing, body language, and physical signs for what that person is really saying. Of course, I'm sure most everyone would be able to recall times when they relied on non-physical cues from another to make their decisions or act on whatever is going on. It's like the countless times you might have asked a person who you knew was in distress tell you out loud that he or she was just fine or when you felt that your friend was down even though she was acting really cheerful. As we say often on our show, everything is energy and that includes all forms of communication. For most people, the much greater part of their communication is nonverbal and the greater portion of that nonverbal communication is psychic communication. With spoken communication, we pick up sound energy with our ears and the information is processed through our brain and we end up understanding what was said most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, some people through natural abilities, training and experience are much more effective communicators and others can understand them more easily and clearly, while others seem to bumble their way through even the simplest of daily communicating. I have both sides of that. (laughs) I think we all do. Yeah. But just like those who learn to communicate more effectively with words and speech, anyone can also learn to communicate more effectively on a psychic or soul-spirit level. Communication involves expression and reception. If you say something out loud, the other person hears it. Then the other person responds to what you said and you hear it. Psychic communication is the same, but on so many more 
subtle levels of energy, information, and awareness. While a person is saying words out loud, he or she might be telepathing thoughts as well as sending out emotional energies that you pick up clairsentiently. What if, as people often complain, the person's head and heart are at odds with each other as he or she is communicating with you? The feelings you're picking up from that person is saying one thing, while the thoughts you're picking up telepathically might be saying the opposite, and then the words the person is saying out loud may even be different from either of those. Often, what we may experience is very clear communication from someone is the experience of a person who is saying out loud what they are actually thinking mentally and what they are really feeling. Their communication on all levels are pretty consistent with each other rather than at odds with them. What comes across is clear, understandable, and certain. But if the various levels of a person's communication are in conflict or confused, then what we might experience in her communication is that it isn't really very clear. Have you ever had that feeling listening to someone speak to you that you don't know what he's saying? Even if you know the meaning of every single word he's saying. That happens when there's a lot of static, if you will, in his or her psychic communication. (laughs) I think there's some static in my psychic communication. (laughs) Yeah, well, one of the first places I noticed that really clearly was in getting directions from various people as to how to get to a particular place. Pre-GPS, of course. Yes. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I just argue with the GPS lady. (laughs) Turn left now. (laughs) We had one do that once. I know. It was hilarious. But anyway, (laughs) I didn't know why I can get to a place so easily without any problems when I got instructions from, say, one person. But then... Felt like no matter what I did, I couldn't find another place by following the instructions I got from someone else. That happened many times with various people giving me instructions and and directions on how to get someplace. And the directions were correct. It's not like one person gave me wrong directions and therefore I got lost. No, each person gave me correct directions. Then I finally realized that the directions that were easy for me to follow and very clear to me were given to me by those who created clear pictures, mental images of where I was going, even if they didn't give me detailed, precisely worded directions, right? They had a clear image in their mind. On the other hand, sometimes even if the person gave me meticulously detailed verbal directions. If pictures weren't very clear in that person's mind, I had a more difficult time finding the place. I realized how much more I relied on the mental image of getting someplace that the direction giver had made in their mind than even the verbal directions. And that was because when I got to certain landmarks, when I was actually going to the place, I would recognize something there from the clear images that the direction giver had in his or her mind. 
Most people don't know this is how they communicate all the time with each other. Yeah, it's nothing special that, you know, I do that other people don't. It's We all do this, but most of the time we're not even aware that we're doing this because we're not thinking, oh, yeah, oh, this is the tree, exactly the tree I saw when the person was giving me directions. It's not that – sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's just you're looking at that tree where the person was saying, yeah – you turn left, but they didn't say you turn left by this big evergreen tree on the right side of the street. No, they just, they were looking at the image in their own mind from their memory of how to get that pl- get to that place. And when I'm listening to somebody giving me instructions, I, I get that. And so when I get there where I'm supposed to turn left, oh, there's a, you know, big evergreen tree. Oh, this must be the right place. I get confirmation and and there, there's a sense of knowing, oh, yeah, this is the right place. Without that, I had to rely entirely on the verbal descriptions and landmarks uh, of what the person was saying. And sometimes people gave me meticulous directions like, okay, you go you know, 56 feet, and then there's a white mailbox on the right side of the street, and across from that, there's 14 you know, uh, wild geese that are usually running around. <laughs> Well, if somebody who said that was visual and in their mind they're seeing that seeing, no problem. I can get it. But if somebody was totally doing that on an intellectual level, I didn't know people didn't, some people don't create really clear images in their mind when they're they're talking. Because when I do, when I'm describing something, I'm seeing it like a movie. I'm seeing the whole thing. I'm feeling it. I'm smelling it, everything. And, and that's why a lot of times when I, when I describe something, you know, I've been someplace and Raphael wasn't there. So I come home and I tell her about it. And she listens to the story and the descriptions and she goes, Oh, especially if it's food. <laughs> she goes, okay, I'm full now. That was really great <laughs> because she could smell it. She could see it. She could taste it. Everything from when I'm talking about it, even if I don't give a really detailed verbal description because my images and, and everything has, has all that information. But I have uh, gotten directions from people. It's a blank. It's, there's no images. They're not seeing it in their mind. They memorized it on an intellectual, verbal level. So they're going, okay, here's this word describes this thing and on and on. And there's no cues on the mental visual uh, levels and feeling levels and the smells and all that's missing. (laughs) So then you have to only go by the verbal description. And I, I don't do so well with that. Well, later, I start to pay more attention to this and other types of communication I had with people and notice the same same thing in, in a lot of different situations. I like that multi-tiered experience of communication that includes the visual, the verbal, the feelings, and all over, and the overall kind of uh, intuitive knowingness of what's being communicated, a full Experience. Sense your round. <laughs> IMAX. <laughs> uh, in HD. Okay. I then realized that 
that's where I had some difficulties with communicating with those who were almost completely entrenched in their intellectuality. For such people, pretty much everything aside from the intellectual, verbal aspects of communication got invalidated and ignored. Sometimes it would be even painful, like the person's words were beating me up somehow, even if what he was saying was positive. I remember I would often fall asleep in a meeting that was dominated by hardcore, you know, straightforward intellectual people like that because in that energy environment, there was no permission for me to be there as the spiritual being that I was. Only the physical body and the intellect were welcome. Now, one of the things about psychic communication that I find most people get into trouble with if they don't become aware of just how psychic they really are, is that they often assume that what they are experiencing is all their own energies, thoughts, feelings, and ideas. For example, how many times have you felt consistently stupid around a certain person, but not so around most people, and even really smart whenever you got around a particular person? Or it could be you started seeing everything as a problem whenever you spent time around a particular person, even when that's not the way you usually are. Or you may have noticed that you become irritable or argumentative just before a particular person arrives to see you, even if you didn't know he was coming. What's happening in such situations? Well, again... You're psychic. <laughs> Everyone is. You're tuning into psychic communication on various levels. And if you aren't aware of what others are putting out psychically, you may become the effect of all that energy, information, and communication. Many people precede their physical arrival with a lot of psychic communication as well. Some that some of it's really great and others <laughs> very annoying sometimes. Well, dogs know that very much. Our last canine family member, Shanti, always knew that someone she liked was coming starting about 20 minutes before their arrival. She would go to the big picture window in the dining room looking out to our driveway where we used to live at the time and start barking her happiness, her anticipation, and welcome for that person 20 minutes before that person's car would drive up our driveway. And a lot of times we might have not known, you know, that was going to happen. And she's one of the first ones to, to recognize it, getting all that psychic communication. Well, a lot of times I'm like that too. Woof, woof. <laughs> I often bark up the wrong tree. Okay. <laughs> One of the biggest challenges for me as a healer was that I would feel the pain and suffering that whomever I was unconsciously tuned into was going through. When I was a child, I had no clue that what I was going through, even to the point of getting sick myself or manifesting the physical symptoms of that person, that that was what, was what I was being the effect of. Only in my adulthood did I finally start to become aware of that and practice not trying to solve 
others' problems. But of course, trying not to do something is basically an impossibility because your attention is on the thing you're trying not to do rather than on what it is that you'd like to do instead. That took me another few years to learn. Yes, I'm kind of a slow learner. (laughs) (laughs) So for all of you sensitive healers who have been suffering the same thing in your lives, what is it that you need to do rather than try to not take on or or solve another's problems? Ah, The antidote for taking on another's problems is first, compassion. Having compassion is a good practice for loving without conditions. With compassion, you can allow another person to experience and go through whatever it is that he or she is going through, even while you're aware of it, can even feel it. But you choose to continue to love that person, even with those conditions. Well, our first break is coming up. And this is the time we always uh, let you know about things we have happening And we're offering a fun new teleclass on Saturday, January 9th, mark your calendar, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. This one is on energy work to make more space for your creativity in the world. This is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think series. We welcome you to join us in learning to express more of your true inner creativity in this world. You learn how to do psychic energy work to give yourself more permission and space in which you can be as creative as you truly are. For all the details and to sign up, go to our January events calendar section at micheltamora.com or call our office and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noel at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. We will return in just a couple of minutes to continue with your psychic communication. It's a lot more than what you say. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamora.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. 
Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about your psychic communication. It's a lot more than what you say. And we've got a lot more to say about it. One of the things Michael was talking about earlier is um, what happens sometimes when someone is about to arrive and we're already receiving communication from them. And I have one of my favorite stories about that where I really learned how this was a, it was almost like a turning point for me during the time of my psychic training because I wasn't aware of how strong I was in this area. And most people are, actually, unless you're pretty much unconscious or on drugs or something. But this one, this experience really put it up to the top for me. I worked for a painting contractor a very long time ago as the only female secretary amongst, uh, what was it, about 40 men. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was an interesting job. I enjoyed it. And um, uh, I did well there. But once in a while, it was in the early days of the computers. And um, I had a friend who, he was the um, guy who fixed the computer. And every time he was in trouble financially, things would happen to the computer, so you would have to come <laughs> fix it. This happens sometimes if you have a chiropractor who, who's not doing so well or something like that. But um, anyway, this my computer broke, and so um, and it was one of those computers that was still on what's called DOS, where you didn't have windows and all that to get through. So I, I was uh, only on the surface level able to handle it if it wasn't working. So I had to call this guy in. And I remember about 20 minutes before he arrived, just like Shanti with her, mm-hmm. our dog, with her awareness of someone coming. <clears throat> um, I had this experience where all of a sudden there was like this mantra going on in my head. And it, this is what it sounded like. <clears throat> I hate myself, I hate myself, I hate myself, I hate myself. It was very, very disconcerting because I knew I didn't hate myself, but I could hear this going on in my head. And I thought, that's so strange. I'm wondering why I'm feeling like I hate myself. So I thought it was me. and it, But it was sort of in this male voice, and it was in this rhythm. It was like a mantra over and over and over again. Well, the guy arrives and... Um, Once he arrives and he's fixing the computer and we're talking to each other, that kind of goes into the background. And he was there maybe two hours. He gathers his things and leaves. And as he gets quiet again, I start hearing it again. I hate myself. I hate myself. But he goes and gets in his car. And then within a few minutes of leaving, it was gone. It It just faded away. And I realized... That wasn't me hating myself. In fact, I've never had that type of a thing going on in my head. That was him. And later on, when I got to know him better, I I found out, you know, he had a very low opinion of himself and he had some issues. But it was my very, very first time where I was wide awake when I actually could hear the thoughts of another person. 
before yeah. they even got there. And kind of when the background was still there, and then it kept going when he left, and, and until about 10 or 15 minutes after he left. Yeah, and that happens really to everyone. Yes. And and sometimes it's it's a much more uh, self-destructive type of thoughts and feelings. Other times it's it's really uplifting, and other times it's kind of you know neutral. Just yesterday, yesterday, day before yesterday, we were driving, and and all of a sudden I'm uh, I, I had been in communication with somebody, and uh, we're trying to set up some kind of a time to talk and all of a sudden I'm having the conversation in my head and uh, uh, well Raphael was driving and and she said something and I'm hearing two conversations (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so then when I'm found myself answering this conversation in my head uh, I realized oh yeah I should check my emails and sure enough this person had just oh, when I was scrolling down the emails uh, from the older ones up to the most recent, I got to the top to the most recent one, and I didn't find any emails from this person. And then I was just about to turn off my phone when it went ding, and there was a new email, and lo and behold, it was that person. <laughs> uh, so sometimes a person's telepathy is so clear. Yeah. It's it's just like you're having a conversation with that person in your head, you know, sitting right next to each other. And and other times, even on the psychic level, a person isn't very clear. They're in conflict, their 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 thoughts are muddled, uh they don't really know what to say or they don't know the decision, they can't make a decision, they're sitting on the fence and oh I don't well maybe I should maybe I no I don't know well maybe oh well shall I like that. And and there's a lot of people who think that way. And so and then they start to this this is all happening on a psychic level. There's no there's no uh uh everything there is is public it's it's just broadcasting whereas on a verbal out, outwardly a verbal level we can make a choice we might have a thought and decide no i don't think i'm going to express that thought out loud and and that's why a lot of people think they can keep secrets you know they can they can have you know they could be sitting right in front of you smiling and thinking uh, God, what an idiot you are. I, I can't stand your guts. <laughs> and they think that as long as they're smiling and they're saying, you know, politically correct things <laughs> outwardly, uh, you you would never know that they can't stand your guts and, and you know, they think you're stupid and they think you just are whatever. <laughs> and, and I'm laughing because you have to, you have to be able to let people, you know, everyone has, they're entitled to their opinion. And, and uh, their opinions uh, don't matter, really. It's, it's what they think about you. That's not your problem. Really isn't. Exactly like uh, Raphael said, this person thinking about himself, she realized, was not her problem to solve. It's, it's 
her place to be aware of it. And if it's a friend or somebody you, you would like to help and whatnot, that's great. It's, it's a diagnostic tool. But just like you can go to a doctor who's a specialist in, in diagnosing the kind of condition you're going through and offering some treatment, well, the doctor can't cure you for you. You know, you got you to gotta heal yourself. But you can go to an expert who knows a lot about it, who has a lot of experience and, and giving you treatment or, or suggestions or instructions that's, that uh, would be helpful. But you, still, you are the one who still has to go through with it and do it. And the same thing goes on every level of any kind of creativity. And problems, hey, you, you got to be creative to create a problem. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, actually. Yeah, they, they think, oh, I'm not very creative. My life is just full of problems. It's a disaster. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the people who have disastrous lives, they're in sometimes some of the most creative people. They're, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there admiring, God, this person is so powerful and so creative their life is a mess. <laughs> it's another fine mess we've gotten ourselves into. Yeah. <laughs> because, because they don't realize the, how creative they are. And they just don't think that they're applying their creative power into certain things, all the things they don't want, instead of creating, being, having clarity and, and seeing what direction they need to go to in life and making decisions and, and following through with it and using their creativity in a way that enhances their lives and benefits themselves and others and so forth and so on. But they don't realize if they don't give their creativity an outlet, uh, uh, appropriate outlet for it, it's going to backfire, you know, because creativity is very powerful. It's power. And, and so if you don't, it's, it's just like if you don't say what you are feeling very strongly about and everything, but you're not going to say it because it could be anything. You could be too shy. You could be afraid of upsetting somebody. You could be afraid of being upset yourself, being hated or, you know, rejected or whatever. Whatever the reason, it doesn't matter. If you have something that you need to express in some way, shape, or form, you have to give yourself the space to do that or else all that creative energy backfires on you. You're holding it back. And and since the creative energy that you're producing to express a certain thing outwardly, you're not doing that, then it goes inward and it becomes destructive. It, it, be, it's, it becomes even painful to you, uh, physically painful. And so most people don't tend to realize that's the power they have within themselves. Now, when you get into a situation where, where you're, like, well, like what Raphael said, all of a sudden you start to think things like, I hate myself, or... It could be the other way. I hate you. I hate you. You're you're a rotten you know, scoundrel. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you got cooties. Whatever. <laughs> what if your head starts to fill up with those thoughts, but they're not yours? You might be feeling like, God, I don't want to feel this way toward this person. This person's a friend. Or this person I'd like to get to know better. But sometimes that happens, doesn't it? Where, where 
oh, I'm interested in this person. All of a sudden, you're going, I, I can't stand this person. Oh, what an idiot this person is. And you're going, well, well, what's going on here? I don't want to feel this way. Well, anytime that happens, guess what? It's not yours. You're not going to have a thought or a feeling that you're going to be arguing with, like, I don't want to feel this way about this person. No, when those feelings and thoughts happen, and, and you're feeling it, and you're thinking them, oh, you're, you're very psychic. You're, you're, you're a receiving station as well as a, a, a broadcasting station. And so if you're receiving those kinds of thoughts and feelings from somewhere else, it may not be the person you're sitting in front of or talking to. It could be from somebody else. A lot of times what happens is if, let's say, one person that I know is uh, particularly upset or angry about another person I know. And um, nothing, I, I don't notice anything unusual other than, oh, if I come into the presence of the person that this other person is really upset and can't stand and really angry about, and let's say that person calls or that person shows up on the doorstep, all of a sudden I'm going, oh, God, this person, yeah, oh. I go, whoa, where's that coming from? And I look and follow it through. And, oh, there's this other person that we mutually know that is really on this person's case. And, but it's, it's being directed at me because that person's going, you know, I don't want you to be in good communication or, or be nice to this person because I, you know, I want to make this person pay <laughs> like that. Wow. How often does that go on in this world? Every day, millions of times. And here, Rafiana and I are talking today about personal. You know, one person uh, arriving at your house and you get the communication 20 minutes before or whatever. Or emails coming from one person and you pick it up right away. But if that's happening between two people and there's, what is it now, 7.8 billion people on the planet? Guess what, folks? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of psychic communication, day and night. It never ends. And this is why when there's a major event and the news goes out and everybody knows about this major event, and, and especially an event that people get really upset or scared or angry about, guess what happens? Everybody's hearing this mass broadcast of a bunch of people putting out, whatever the emotion is, whatever the thoughts are. And even if you're not participating, even if you, you don't feel like you're part of that and you don't have a side to pick or whatever, boom, it's, you're going to be inundated by that much energy going around the world. So many people feeling the same way and thinking the same thing. So this is where it becomes incredibly important to be aware of your psychic communication and the psychic communication of pretty much everyone else around. And how much of it are you picking it up? Yeah, that's, it, it can get very, very difficult very quickly. But the moment you start to become aware, oh, wait a minute, this thought doesn't, you know, it's, this isn't my thought. <laughs> this isn't what I'd, I want to be thinking right now. 
Yeah. Anytime you have that inkling of, I don't want to be thinking this thought or I don't want to be feeling this way toward this thing or this person or whatever. Don't worry about it. It's, it's not yours. So I know we're going to have to go on a break, but when we come back, we'll talk, talk more about more how about to deal that. with it. Yes, with the rules of thumb are about that. Well, our second break is coming up, so mark your calendars here. We'll have our first four teleclass plus a bonus Zoom Q&A social remote weekend event of 2021 on Saturday, January 16th and Sunday, January 17th. Over the weekend, we'll teach what precognition, predictions, and prophecies have to do with your spiritual awakening and development, how you can develop your own precognition and learn to look into the future, and how to set the energy of the new year for yourself to enjoy the life you are here to live. The title of that event is Launch Your New Year with Certainty of Direction and Clarity of Vision. It's going to be a really wonderful weekend. We'll have all the details for this wonderful remote weekend event for you very soon. Actually, um, it's out already. It's in our newsletter, and if you want to sign up for our newsletter, do so on our website, michaeltamora.com. In just a couple of minutes, we'll continue our exploration of your psychic communication and how it's a lot more than what you say. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, it's great to have you back. We've been exploring the topic of your psychic communication and how it's a lot more than what you say with words. One of the little funny stories I wanted to share with you, uh, Michael was talking about in the days when people gave each other directions, there was no GPS. 
um, one of my funniest experiences with that was with actually with Michael's dad. Um, I needed to get somewhere which was in his neighborhood. And I remember saying, well, where is this, whatever the place was. And I remember him waving <laughs> his left hand, kind of pointing in a direction going, well, it's blah, blah, blah. And he only said like about five words, but I got it. Mm-hmm. I, I got it as clear. <laughs> If someone else had said something like that and and didn't have that clear picture, I would have had no idea what he was saying. So it's funny like that with communication. You know, animals communicate with each other with pictures. pictures yep. That's how they know if, if uh, the other animal's a jerk or not, you know, <laughs> or threatening or whatever, or friendly. Well, uh, like, uh, what, uh, tell them what you did with Merlin recently. What was that? Sitting. Oh, yes. Michael has a T-shirt that says, <laughs> cats don't know sit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> because it's a, it's a dog, dog T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's our, one of our favorite uh, companies that makes T-shirts. Uh, what is that company? Oh, Teddy the Dog. Teddy the Dog, yes. yes so we'll put collection. a little plug in for them. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, what we do is when I feed the cats... At the end, or before actually, they they get their food, I hide two pieces for our female cat, which are outside the room that they eat. And then I put another two pieces in my pocket. And then when they're done eating, I let the female cat out to go get her secret pieces, which she's been doing for years. And one day I thought, you know, Merlin, it's not fair to him. He doesn't get secret pieces. So I started giving him the secret pieces in in the room that they get fed in. And... One day I thought maybe maybe he can tr- be trained. So yeah. I tried, you know, dog hand signals and stuff, and he just looked at me like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> so then I just, I held the pieces, and then I just put a picture in my mind of him sitting. And though it took about four seconds, it was, he. I could tell he got the picture because mm-hmm. he, he did this little movement, and then he quietly sat down. Just like that. And then he got his pieces. And, of course, now all I have to do is let the other cat out, and he's already on his butt. <laughs> it's so cute. So I found out cats can sit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I like that T-shirt because, you know, it's got the, the Teddy the dog uh, be looking really smug and dark glasses and everything, and he's sitting in the middle of the T-shirt and the chest, and underneath this caption is, cats don't know sit. <laughs> and so I wear that every time I want to get to my cats, you know. It's, <laughs> it's like, okay, cats, hey, did you, can you read this? <laughs> Let's see you sit. But I've seen that many times. Uh, in when we had our earlier cat, uh, Magic, uh, Magic would jump on the dining table while Raphael's eating or something, and, and Raphael says, hey, you're not supposed to be on, on this. And she looks at her like, what? <laughs> and then Raphael gives her a, a clear picture of her needing to go, you know, off of the table. And, or at the other end of the yeah, table. Yeah, at the other end of the table. And she looks, and then she turns right around. She walks all the way to the other end of the table and sits down facing away from Raphael. Yep. It's, it was, it's so clear. So the picture communication is a really big part of even the communication of human beings as well as With, verbal yes. uh, telepathic communication. And like I was saying earlier, for me, uh, because I've been so visual, you know, a lot of people have different 
orientation in their in their communication. So some some of us are much more visual, some of us are much more tactile, some of us are much more uh, kinesthetic and and you know auditory, all that. And I like the whole you know whole works. <laughs> uh, and so so then uh, the clearer you are on each aspect of communication not just the verbal but but the visual the the feeling everything and the more consistent the more aligned you are uh, straight through it's not like one part of you is going over to the left and the other parts going to the right and the other parts going above and the other parts going below all over the map then when somebody else picks up on the, all of that they could get confused and go whoa i, I just don't understand what you're saying and and uh, that's that's the thing I noticed with my dad is is uh, uh, he had especially as he got older it was a little harder well all his life he wasn't a very verbal communicator that's probably why I got to be so psychic <laughs> why you talk so much <laughs> I had to I had to be psychic <laughs> to be able to pick up what he was saying yeah, yeah. but uh, I remember you know when he gets frustrated because he just doesn't have the words or doesn't know how to describe it very well and he's oh no, oh, no. and and then next thing Raphael I get it because in his frustration he he's looking at a specific image in his mind, which is so clear and easy, but to describe it was difficult uh, sometimes for him, and he get frustrated. Then, then the attention is right on the image, and he's looking inside his own mind. He's going, mm, you know, this, this is what I'm trying to say. And we go, oh, okay, that, that, we got it, we got it, and everybody's happy. <laughs> so then what happens when somebody is inundated with thoughts of other people? Other people, yes. Yeah. That's what we call, uh, uh, I, I was talking about it a little earlier too, especially to those of us who are healers. You know, healers are basically souls who's on a path of helping other people, whether it's helping them become healthier physically or healthier mentally or emotionally or spiritually to be more themselves healthier means more themselves more whole not you know less divided and so if you're on that path you're going to be by by what just default you're going to be more sensitive and aware to others problems others troubles others suffering and pain and all of that frustrations all those kinds of things so even if you don't know you don't consider yourself a healer well, look at it this way. Are you a giver? When you're happiest in life, it's when you're giving. And and not only giving uh, to people who can't have it and they reject you, but giving to those who appreciate you giving to them. And it makes your day. It's like that's what's what you live for type of a thing. Well, guess what? You're a healer. And so you, you might not consider yourself as a healer like a a, a doctor or chiropractor or massage therapist or herbalist or whatever but oh nonetheless you're a healer there's a lot of healers in the world who are not professional healers uh they don't go and they don't have a uh clinic time or office time where people come and receive some sort of healing from them uh but they're healing people 
all the time, every day, or their families and friends and neighbors and whatnot. So, uh, and maybe your day job might be as an accountant or, or a lawyer or, you know, a mechanic, but some people who have those jobs are actually healers. Uh, like and, hairdressers. Yeah, hairdressers. Only your hairdresser knows for sure <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with you. <laughs> Bartenders a lot of times are healers. And so you have all these healers working in different ways. And, and again, your healers tend to be other-oriented, others-oriented, right? More than me, 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 me. Although some healers are that way too. <laughs> but your attention is on the well-being of others, especially those you care more about. But just in general, your your attention is on the welfare of, of everybody. And so that means when your attention is on other people and especially their well-being, you're going to be psychically tuned into. You're going to be listening and feeling for and checking out on a psychic level where the other person's at. And even if the other person is overriding their pain or just going toughing it out and saying, ah, I, I'm, you know, I'm used to this or I can do this. Don't stop me from doing whatever I'm doing because, you know, of a little pain or a little discomfort, a little frustration in my life or whatever. But the healer might be much more sensitive to that. And, and every time you're around or every time you think about that person, you're getting a load of, of, experience that that person might be overriding and if you verbally ask that person you know are you all right can i help you what do you mean i don't need any help it could be answers like that and and you go well okay i must have been wrong and you get enough of that and pretty soon you start invalidating your own psychic awareness of what's going on with everybody around you and then it starts to become like if you have certain thoughts, if you have, feel a certain way, you just start to assume, well, it's not that other person. I asked them. They said they were feeling fine. So, you know, it's it's my, I'm probably feeling lousy. And since you're the one experiencing it, it's easy to, to assume since I'm feeling this pain, it must be my pain. Since I'm feeling this emotion, anger or sadness, it must be my anger or sadness. And then, but... You keep on thinking, like, why am I so sad today? Or why am I so unhappy today? I just woke up unhappy. <laughs> but I don't know what I'm unhappy about. <laughs> Those are the times to check. Ask yourself. Just quiet yourself down. Ground yourself. Be in the center of your head. And just become neutral. Just let everything be and go, okay. Huh. How much of this anger or how much of this unhappiness how much of this pain whatever or these thoughts are actually mine how much of it is not mine that's easier sometimes how much of it's not mine and you get 75% or even 50% or even 40% is a lot and you go wow that much of this thought or feeling isn't mine then what do you do then you have to Consciously disengage. Just go, okay, if whatever's not mine uh, of what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, I'm going to just, I'm just letting it go, letting it be. I don't have to solve it. And this is where that solving thing comes because when something is uncomfortable, something isn't right, something's not the way you like it to be, 
you'd like to solve it. You, you want to make it okay. You want to make it go away. You want it to stop. You want it to, you know, be right, whatever. And that's, that's when you start engaging in trying to solve that energy that you cannot solve because it's not yours. You didn't produce it, then you can't solve it. You can definitely help somebody solve their problems, but you can't do it for them. So on a psychic level, it's so easy to try to do it for them because you don't like that energy and you go, oh, I don't like this. How do I get rid of it? Well, the minute you go there, you're engaged with it. You're not going to get rid of it. But you have to decide to disengage and just go, okay, I'm going to let it all be. Just let it go. And I don't need to solve it. I need to create what I need. Yes, and another thing is a rule of thumb is if you can't control it in your own space, it's not yours. And, of course, many of the meditation techniques we've taught in other shows uh, can give you what you need to help relieve it, release it. Well, we are at the end of our show. We wish this was a little longer today, but we're glad you took the time for yourself to tune in today. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for our next episode, Joy to the World, the Transformational Power of Your Psychic Communication, two days before Christmas. We'll continue with our exploration of psychic communication and this time address the amazing power that you have in your psychic communication to help transform the world around you. Remember, too, to join us for our next teleclass on Saturday, January 9th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time on energy work to make more space for your creativity in the world as part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think series. Check our website or call our office at 530-926-2650 for details or to sign up. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We will see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.